Cheers Cast is part of the Fire and Water Network. Hey Anthony, Annie, what's up? Sam, I'm swallowing my totally pride to ask if I might borrow five bucks. That was very difficult for him. Is it okay? I want to get a present for my mom and the twins. Sure. What are you going to get them? Five bucks. She'll like that. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm your host, Ryan Daly, and joining me once again, one of our favorite returning guests. He can crash this pod whenever he wants to, Mr. Tim Price. What's up, Tim? Hey, Ryan. I'm glad to be here. But I will say that I need a full salary and weekends <laughs> off and medical to be uh, on the show. Only tips. You, you just come on. You do the show for tips. That's it. Well, okay, I'll do the tips thing then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, folks, we are on Season 6, Episode 15, A Tale of Two Cuties. This one is written by Sherry Aiken and Bill Steinkellner, directed by Michael Zinberg. This is another non-James Burroughs episode. This is a... This is three... Well, actually, like, he he only... He co-directed the... uh, Christmas one. So this is like four in a row that I've had mm. a guest, a guest director. He must have been taking over a new show at this time. I wonder what else mm. could have been airing at the same time or starting the same time as this. But I didn't, I didn't yeah, forgot to look that up. But anyway, uh, the original air date was Thursday, January twenty first, nineteen eighty eight. Rebecca's boss, Evan Drake, with whom she is madly in love, asks Rebecca to hire a young woman to fill in at Cheers during Carla's maternity leave. Rebecca can't help but suspect that the young woman is Evan's mistress and is taking advantage of her relationship with the boss. Meanwhile, Carla's son Anthony has been out of work for weeks, so his wife Annie comes to wait tables in her mother-in-law's absence. Anthony's male pride is threatened when his wife goes to work, but even more so when he thinks Annie has the hots for Sam, which she does. This forces Anthony to do something desperate, get a job to support himself and his wife. Meanwhile, again, Rebecca's neuroses overwhelms her with every moment Lori, that is Mr. Drake's special friend, works at the bar. Finally, Rebecca confronts Lori, and when the young woman admits to loving Evan Drake, Rebecca punches her in the face. At that moment, Evan Drake comes into cheers to pick up Lori, his daughter, for a lunch date. Outraged to find out Rebecca smacked his baby girl, Evan is only placated by Rebecca's excuse that she has a neurological disorder causing muscle spasms, evidenced when she punches Sam in the nose. After all this, Carla returns to the bar with her newborn twins and asks the guys what's new. Same as usual, Norman Cliff respond. All right, Tim, what did you think about this episode? It's not an episode that will make any of your top lists. But my goodness, it's funny. Yeah? It's just so funny. And just the the simple premise of acknowledging that Carla's not going to be here for a little while because of the twins that have just been born. Mm-hmm. So we need some somebody to fill in. And they find actually two interesting characters to work in to the show and give a little a fun little arc. It's and they're not little they're not storylines that would really hold up very well as an I really wouldn't even say which one is the A plot or the B plot. They're both like there mm-hmm. and they kind of work off each other because different characters in the bar are concerned with each with plots and you know being one for sam one for rebecca our new you know titular leads mm-hmm. right now so it just is a delightful little episode and th- it's just funny there's just some such funny bits happening in here I think I think you could probably say that about the average episode if it was like, yeah, this isn't a top ten episode, but it's really damn funny. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that's probably average for for Cheers, yeah. But yeah, no, I I, I definitely like it. And I you, you bring up like, yeah, okay, when Carla's gone, they have two waitresses to come on. Now this has got to be the most employees we've ever actually seen at <laughs> Cheers now, because for the first time they have two bartenders. Two waitresses and a manager. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's wonderful. Like the the fact that we have like these two young women coming into um, 
in Annie's case, very young. I actually have that in my notes later on down, like about halfway through, they, they talk about how young she is. And I, I don't remember how young Anthony and Annie were when we first met them a couple seasons ago, but mm, mm-hmm. I think they were teenagers. So I'm, I don't remember how many years have passed, but I'm like, I'm not sure if they could legally hire Annie to work in a bar. But that's right. A- that's a thing is that my own kids just turned 18 this year, my twins, mm-hmm. and they've been working at Applebee's for this year. Yeah. They could not do anything at the bar until they turned 18. Hmm. They could not serve alcohol. Maybe the laws have changed since 1988, but I was like, that's a thing that doesn't quite work. I think even my wife, when she worked at a restaurant when she was in college, was like, there were times when she couldn't, she had to deal the uh, serve the alcohol because there was a younger waitress who couldn't. Right. So that's an interesting thing. That, the and other, I, that I think they're there. And yeah, again, I like from state to state, there could be differences. And, and again, this was mm-hmm. 40 years ago or 30 years ago. Um, but I also, I'm not sure if there's a distinction between a restaurant that has a liquor license and a place mm-hmm. that is like mm-hmm. primarily like a bar or tavern. I don't know if that's, that's a distinction. Somebody more familiar with the law might have to let us know. Yeah. That, that would be fine. I'd be glad to have somebody else point it out. But, but it does seem suspicious for anybody underage to be serving alcohol because you just know that it, it's, it's the idea that, well, they're handling it. And what's right. to stop them from drinking it? They're not supposed to legally be, able to be drinking it. So, eh. What's also interesting is the whole concept of working for tips. That does not seem like it would fly in front of a lot of labor laws. <laughs> I, you know? No. Like, it's also, for it's also underage, weird that, And for yeah. an underage employee? Well, we also see that it's basically Sam who gives her this job and Rebecca just reluctantly like co-signs it. But it's like, it's like <laughs> she is the boss. She would have to anyway. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some – the thing is that those are just from overthinking it. And in when watching the episode, I didn't care about those sort of right. things. It's like it's the conceit that, yeah, we're doing this to really set up the, the plot. Right. And it's like it's not important for Cheers to be true to life. It's Cheers. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> nothing about their employee status and shifts really makes sense. So let's not right. look at this. Yeah, once well, we throw that out the window yeah. – uh, except for like Ethel, who comes in from with the diner <laughs> yeah. outfit on. Yeah. Aside from her showing up, I have no idea who else works here. Right. Uh, we find out that Carla finally gave birth to the twins in the teaser, which is not silent, but it is sans dialogue, um, because the whole time we are we are in the nursery of the hospital. Um, and we are from like inside the ward where all the babies are in there, and we only see mm-hmm. the gang, all the guys coming in from behind the window, uh, so we don't actually hear what they're saying, but they they see what they imagine to be Carlos twins, and they kind of push another couple aside, kind of like, yeah, step over, we want to get a chance. <laughs> and they're making goo-goo eyes and funny faces and like gibberish and everything, and they've got balloons and everything to make these kids laugh and, and smile and everything. Stuffed animals. Yeah. And Carla shows up a little ways down down the hall, whatever, and tries to get their attention. And we just see her, like, mouthing, hey, hey, guys, hey, guys. Finally, she has to whistle. Again, we don't hear this. This is all silent from our perspective. But she gets their attention. And she's like, no, my kids are over here. So the gang has to go move a couple feet over to find her kids. And they promptly reject her, her children, her newborn babies, and go back to the other pair that they clearly liked better, that were more... Photogenic, telegenic, mm-hmm. however you want to say it. But, uh, probably, probably, they're cuter. Yeah, I just we'll just say they're cuter. Maybe like, the cruelest oh, no. thing you could do to a newborn, a new, a new mother. But yeah. Oh yeah, and Carla looks so dejected yeah. when they walk away and looks at her babies. It's like she's she's happy. She loves her babies. It's like that was. I, I'm as a dad. I'm a little. I'm. I'm. I. I it's a funny gag. But it's like, oh, I know. I, kinda, I feel for Carla. I, I, I really do. Feel. I feel for her in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. And then, to, like, the joke is kind of played up a little bit later because when we come back from the opening credits, Rebecca is like, "So, you guys went to the hospital. Who do the twins look like, Carla or Eddie?" And Woody, of course, gone. Well, they're twins, so they kind of look like each other. <laughs> now, if they're identical twins, sure, they should look like each other. I, I have proof, though, that fraternal twins do not look like each other necessarily. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, fraternal yeah, I mean, can my, be very different, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my two 
Oh, they were different as night and day. Mm-hmm. There, there was plain. Now, uh, it was funny, though. Uh, it's not like I expect the general public to be looking that closely at my children because that'd be a little creepy. But <laughs> there was innumerable elderly ladies who say, like, oh, they look just alike. It's like, I don't know what, what children you're looking at because the, these two, no, no. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But that was very – it's still – it was just great. It was, yeah. uh, 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 again, one of those great Woody lines. Right. So, yeah, that worked so nicely. Um, we find out that Carla has a tip jar for herself even when she's gone. <laughs> and and Sam was like, yeah, actually, this is when she does her best work. She's getting more tips now that she does when she's here. <laughs> so. Yeah, I love that bit. Yeah. And it's like, did they do some with Carla's tips before? I'm trying to think. Um, they have like when she's when she's pregnant and everything, just like to she she'll yeah. milk her tips and everything to take care of the kids. Yeah. Uh, well, they did have that. I'm I'm, get, I'm probably getting confused with the episode when she found out she was pregnant and and the whole bar. Oh, they have to in. sing around her. They, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. That, the, that, that that's that's the a, image a collection, I'm a collection for her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I bet, well, you know, so that kind of works in universe. This, was that the inspiration for, for Carla getting the Carla's tips jar? Ooh, could have been. Could have been. Ooh, that I goes like back that. to the first or second season. Yeah. 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 Cliff comes in a little bit disheveled and he says, "Pardon my appearance, everyone." And Rebecca snaps to it. We always do. And it's like, ouch! That's that's a harsh line coming from her this this early in the relationship with between her and the regulars. And she goes, "Sorry, I was covering for Carla." And Cliff's like, "Oh, well, you're doing a fine job." Because <laughs> even before tell, she even I really before she that said line. that, I was like, yeah. "Wow, that was kind of a Carla line." <laughs> I really liked it. That was just a fun bit. Yeah. Kirsty pulled it off great, and you know, uh, Ratzenberger he just was like, "Oh yeah," he just rolled with it. It was great. Um, and Cliffy has been reading the new book Lust for Justice um, because it's in all of the book clubs that he delivers to so he wanted to decide mm-hmm. to check it out uh, Norm says that Vera got him to read that and he's like oh really? he's like yeah she'll, he'll, when she starts talking I'll read just about anything <laughs> um, what is it? Cliff has a line here he says it's, I think it's like the finest piece of trash not written by a Judith or a Jackie in this age or something like that <laughs> I'm trying to think, was, yeah, like, Jackie like Collins a, was huge at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Judith, would that have been Judith Krantz? Probably. That sounds right in terms of contemporaries. Not that I know that much of it, because it, it, you know, well, it's a hardback novel. It's like, where's the comic? If they didn't have graphic novels that big back then, yeah, so, of course. Yeah. You know, who? Why bother? You know. <laughs> But I like that. I also like that uh, you know Frazier is so put out by this. Uh-huh. He, he, like he's he's just above this. Which yeah, they totally nailed Frazier in in terms of the, his reaction to it. Yeah, it's acting like, oh, so yeah, this... smug and superior about this whole oh, yeah, thing. Oh, yeah. Like he's even he's like like mock laughing at the reviews. I couldn't put it mm-hmm. down. Blah. And then yet he starts <laughs> to read it despite himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, over over six hundred pages long. Yeah. I couldn't imagine he'd know this many words. <laughs> and Woody says, yeah, well, I checked. Use a lot of them twice. That's <laughs> like, so good. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, then, um... <laughs> oh, before we go on, before we go on, while they're doing that bit, mm-hmm. Norm is sitting off to the side, and he's doing this thing where he's putting his pinky fingers together. And he's, like, looking at it really closely. And... I was going like, what is he doing? Huh. I'm, is that a drunk test I for yourself? I, I wonder if he was doing that. I, I, that's, the only thing I could, that's the only thing that came to my head. But it's like, if so, that's a little on the nose for Norm. It's like, what, why would Norm care? I don't know why he would care. But if anybody, else, if anybody out there knows what Norm was doing when he was putting the, his two pinky figures together and just wat- and like looking right over his nose to see them, I'd be very curious to know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't even catch that. What I what I did catch was like as soon as the episode opens and we see like he's got an empty mug and Woody is refilling it, so that counts for mm. his total for the episode. So I'll come back oh, to that man. when we get to his his tab. Mm-hmm. Um, Norm's got to have a good total this episode. I'm just in, in my. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking he's got a good a good tab. Um, Woody tells uh, Rebecca that Mr. Drake is calling for her, and she's like, how did he sound? Happy? Mad? Annoyed? And he's like, well, he sounded like an old woman with a lisp and an East German accent. <laughs> like, That's a secretary. He's like, oh, well, then she sounded happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and here we get, 
if we can't have Nick and Loretta, Anthony and Annie Tertelli have been a nice have been a nice substitute, a nice a nice surrogate. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am constantly impressed when I rewatch these episodes how funny they are and how much Anthony acts like Nick. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the the actors again, um, Anthony is played by uh, Timothy Williams, who just like w- without being an an impression of Dan Hedaya's Nick, he just captures so much of mm-hmm. what we have come to think realize is like just this male Tortelli thing. And I, uh, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, and Mandy yeah. Ingber as Annie. Uh, it's just phenomenal this entire episode. It, neck and neck, she was almost, almost my my MVP of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they come in and Anthony, he's like, he's like, Sam, I have to swallow my tortelli pride to ask you for five bucks so that I can buy a gift for my mother and the twins. And Sam's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. What's the, what are you gonna give her? He's like, five bucks. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah. If, if we can get back to Anthony for just a second, like, oh yeah, and Timothy Williams' performance of it, it's like it gives us the fun of that crazy Nick Tortelli personality, but we're not stuck with a Nick harassing Carla storyline. Yeah, that's part. That's probably why I like it even more. You know? Yeah, I he, think you're right. Yeah, yeah, it, it works so well. But he and he and Annie are just like they're just a jewel together. Mm-hmm. Like the two of them are just so great. Yeah, I, gosh, yeah, I kind of have to think about that because the first couple times we saw Nick and his first couple appearances, he kind of always had Carla's number. He was always mm-hmm. able to manipulate her, and she was always more on edge when he came. She was always more defensive when he came over. Mm-hmm. Eventually, she turned that around, and then she's like, hey, she like every time I see you, you're just pathetic, and more and more. So she becomes she becomes the dominant one in that relationship, but it took a little while to get there. And you're right yep. with Anthony, we see some of the pseudo charm and, and like his his goofishness, but mm-hmm. there's no there's no threat to Carla in this. He's just right. yeah, he's just uh, yeah, he's a bozo. But exactly now, one thing I was thinking about is that I would bet the last time we saw Anthony and Annie. And I'm going to call him Anthony. I'm sorry. That's what Carla called him. <laughs> <laughs> is back when the wedding was about to happen and Anthony wouldn't give his blessing. Yeah. Now, now here he is begging for five bucks to get his mom money for the babies, mm-hmm. get a present for the babies. So I have to think that Anthony living at home pretty much saw the writing on the wall and turned around, at least in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't think I get a job, mom. Yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna kick me out, are you, Mom? Something like that. So, but that, that, I'm just trying to put together that timeline. Is that yeah? I don't think we've really seen him since then. So, right? They, yeah, it, it makes sense that the, that you know Carla straightened him out later. Right. I, I think a I think a good grabbing of the earlobe probably straightened Anthony <laughs> out pretty soon. At least, at least, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. They, Sam is like you know they he knows that they need a, a replacement for Carla so he offers Annie the job and Anthony of course having the pride doesn't want to be supported by his wife so they argue about that and they end up coming back later it's like we compromised the compromise is she'll she can do it it's like I'm gonna, we're gonna let her win yeah. <laughs> um Meanwhile, Fraser has gotten sucked into the book, but Norman Cliff keeps spoiling it for him, saying things like, Lorenzo dies, and Monica turns out to be a man, all these little details. And he's, like, covering up his ears, trying to, like, sing a song to block them out. Yeah. It's like it's like real-life tri- Twitter. It's like exactly, Twitter. yeah, this was before yeah. they had spoiler yeah. tags. <laughs> and, and Fraser picking Look Away at Dixieland as his song to drown things out, it's like, uh, yeah. I, that's a pretty effective song for drowning out people. <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca comes back from the office and informs us that Evan Drake wants her to hire a young woman that he knows, and she's like, "Let's play a little guessing game. Why would he want to? Why would he care so much that she hires this young woman?" And Norm, you know, being the studio's like, "Oh, oh, oh!" Like raising his hand. Yeah. Like, well, maybe yeah. she's a family friend, and of course, the, the everybody's just humoring her at this point. He's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be it. That, that's a good trip. He's like, Cliff is like, "Oh, he could be paying off a debt," and Woody's like, mm-hmm. "You know, he's just trying to help her out." And Rebecca's like, "Yeah." he's very generous he's a good person like all of these are sensible rational ideas and sam's like well she could be sleeping with him and rebecca of course she's sleeping with him 
And of course, Sam's the one that brings it up because, yeah. well, actually, it does fit perfectly with narratively. So, of course, he has to be the one to bring it up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not to beat around the bush, but. Um, no. So, uh, yeah. And, she, and she's, she's like, of course, he's sleeping with her. Do I, what do you think? I am stupid? And he's like, is this still part of the guessing game? <laughs> <laughs> and Sam does the classic thing where he just kind of shoes Woody aside. You know, that's one of the great, you know, how protective mm-hmm. Sam is of Woody, just knowing when it's like, yeah, yeah, like let's just let's just yeah, we need to protect you from yourself. Let's get you out of the line of fire over here. Yeah. Um. So some time passes, and now and he is working there at the bar, and she's shouting drink orders at Woody and insulting him when he's slow. And he's like, yeah, she's coming around. She's turning into a real waitress. I was like, yeah, did you see how she put me in my place? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> she calls him corn cob. Yes. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but Evan Drake's girl, Lori, is late for her first day. And Rebecca's like, and he knows, she knows I can't fire her. And she's like, well, isn't she just the queen of Gaul? <laughs> and Cliff's like, actually, that was Charlemagne's wife. <laughs> 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 like they just kind of look at him. He's like, I'm pretty sure her name was Cassie too. So. One of the most literate lines in the episode. Mm-hmm. I just that wordplay mm-hmm. is, you know, yeah, yeah. It's it's delightful. Yeah. Um, and of course, Carla, uh, Cl- Carla, Cliff missing the wordplay. Yes, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, love it. Norm Norm tries to throw Rebecca um, like a, a rope to keep her, and he's like, "He's well, how about this theory? If the girl just sucks, and they're sending her to the worst job in the company until she quits. It's like they tried that with me a bunch of times. It works like a charm." <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, maybe that is it. And, you know, maybe it's just some old woman who's just gone through every other role in the company." And then we actually see Lori, very young, very attractive, um, played by an actress named Bobby Eakes. Um, and when she walks in, she's like, is Miss Howe here? And Rebecca's like, oh, you must be the slut. <laughs> and it's one of those things where just like, everyone's like, what? what? She's like, I mean, you're here to fill in the slot, the position. The slot. Yeah. <laughs> Way to cover that. Oh, yeah. oh that's fantastic. That, that's the thing is that, my goodness, um, what Kirstie Alley does with, the, with this part in this episode, she just is losing it. And trying to keep it under control the whole time, and just but oh, she's just completely losing it. Is so funny. It is. It is great. Now, now there is one thing that I came up with thinking about it, which um, comes up comes into play kind of like right here when she meets Lo- when Lori comes in. We have established that Rebecca is obsessed with Evan Drake, knows that he's married, albeit supposedly unhappily married from mm-hmm. a previous episode and so the question is how does Rebecca not know that Evan has a daughter named Lori ah, that's a good mm. question now granted we're not in the internet age so it's not like you, you look these things up but it's like she is very preoccupied with Evan Drake mm. so I'm a little surprised that she hasn't found that that this that knowing about his family would have escaped her. Mm, true. And maybe in, in a different episode, they kind of make it seem like the opposite that she would have known this sort of thing. But here, it's like we have to have the conceit that she somehow did not follow through on that. Maybe I, I was going to really no prize it. We'd say Rebecca did want to know too. Didn't want to know about the family because that would be just an obstacle to her getting his affections. But I feel like I'm working too hard for that explanation. Possibly, and that yeah. it, it 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 I just it's a little bit of it's a little bit of a thing about her character that I don't think they quite lined up. But we kind of we have to look past that in order because the episode is yeah I don't have a problem with the episode it's fun. If we didn't have that previous thing established, I wouldn't care as much. So <sighs> I, I do want to know what you think. My about yeah. my my no prize would just be that yes Rebecca is obsessed with him. But she's very superficial, so it could be a very superficial obsession that doesn't go that deep. And mm, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, getting back to the episode, Annie pulls Sam aside. She's just got a string of dialogue here, but she goes, "Can I ask your opinion as a passionate macho stud horse?" <laughs> And she's like, and she Annie, says, Annie has the greatest 
honesty about her. Yeah, she, it's, that, this is this is what this is a thing that she just will say these outrageous things, and she fervently has no clue how they sound. Yeah, like <laughs> there's a. You, you you imagine there's a little bit of like young Carla might have been like this, but like there's no bitterness there. It's just like mm. she has this like bizarre sense of entitlement and prior mm-hmm. and like propriety like that like that comes from nothing. <laughs> like, like like where why would you you feel this way? Um, mm-hmm. Because she she talks about how paranoid Anthony is at home that like when she comes, he's like he's like why mm-hmm. are you going out so late like why like what, what are you doing and he's like why are you dressed like such an ultra fox like, that. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that her term or Anthony's term or something like that and she, I have a feeling I have a feeling it's both yeah and she's talking about all the stress in their in their young marriage and she's like if it weren't for the six times a day that we make love and even Sam is taken aback by that. He looks over at Norman. Norm's like, I can't think of anything I do six times a day. And then he's asking and, for a refill. On yeah, and then on he a, says, as he dies, he finishes a beer and asks for a refill. <laughs> um, now to put the button on on her sense that he's he's you know jealous and paranoid, we actually see Anthony is dressed up. He's sitting in the back of the bar wearing a fake beard <laughs> and a hat and sunglasses. And when he thinks that Annie is like gonna kiss Sam, he calls her out on it. <laughs> and of course, oh my god, yeah, he's wearing he's wearing the Ben Grimm special, yeah, exactly. a, a disguise of the ages, yeah. But yeah, he's blurting out right there and jumping in. Oh, we've seen Nick Tortelli do this. Mm-hmm. When, yeah. You know, I... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's a fantastic moment. And and it seems like he's going to he, he's going to challenge Sam, but it's like, no, he has no interest in fighting Sam. He doesn't think he could win that fight, so he's, <laughs> a, he's afraid of it. So he backs off and he gets out of there, so... Later, the gang, the gang is now talking about a TV show called The White House Murders, um, but mm-hmm. Frazier hasn't seen the end of it, and despite his pleas, they keep it to, it's like, they're, like, have no spoiler tag, they're just, like, letting it rip. It's like, can you believe it was the vice president? And he's like, how about when the first lady popped out of a pool of her own blood to strangle the Russian ambassador? <laughs> the whole So... Frasier. What network was this? Sh- what network was this show on? <laughs> pop, qu- pop quiz. Yeah. What What network do you think showed this one? Uh, in 1988. Yes. Fox. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, ABC. Fox is just Fox was Fox, just CBS, getting maybe CBS there. Show on in 1988. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna say it's somewhere between ABC and PBS. I could totally see a PBS thing like this. Uh. <laughs> It's it's much more highbrow than what the gang is remembering. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm going by. Yeah. Um so Frazier decides to spoil spoil some things of, of his own for them. Of course, like going with what he knows. Like in Citizen Kane, Rosebud is the name of his sled. In Murder on the Orient Express, everyone did it. And Luke Skywalker's father is Darth Vader. Ha! And he actually gives it that little <laughs> And he storms off there, and Cliffy's like, Dave, eh, tell us something we don't know. And, but Woody, of course, his mind is blown. He's like, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father? <laughs> <laughs> so this is great, because this now ties, and now you can post this episode on a Gimme That Star Trek. Yep. Uh, Gimme those, yeah. those Star Wars. I'm saying the wrong show. I am sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'll double depth. This one will be on my other podcast. Definitely. Now, okay, so honesty here. Um, At the time this show had aired, I had never seen Citizen Kane or Murder on the Orient Express. But, you know, to be fair, I was 20. Okay. You know, so it's like, no, I hadn't seen those movies yet. I have seen them both since then. But, no, I had not. So, you know, for a younger audience, I would dare say those actually are kind of some spoilers. So they got to watch out for that. But yeah, then we had the, you know, then we had the flip of of the dark, of the Star Wars reference, and going like that's actually when the younger audience would know better mm-hmm. than the older audience. Yeah. So the flip is then okay, we have the youngest character, Woody, is the one who doesn't know. Right? How can Woody know who and Luke it's more Skywalker is would have been and something. not having seen the second movie by 1988? Right. Yeah. This is contemporary. Like, this would have been well known yeah. by 1980 or 83. Yeah. 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 
So, you know, just so for you, did you know about had you seen Citizen Kane or Murder on the Orient Express by this point? Not or the even first, just or the first time. knew about it. Knew about knew about him before this. The first time I saw this episode, no, I had no, I like no, I had never seen either of them. Um, but I can say it, it didn't spoil much because by the time I saw Citizen Kane and I saw it when I was seventeen, I think it was in high school. I decided I decided mm. to watch it just because I was interested in films and I knew of its reputation. I don't think I remembered anything. I don't. I didn't remember this particular scene, and I didn't know anything about Rosebud, so I went into it, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, completely fresh. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. That's perfectly fair. Yeah. I do think that even, like, the the bit about Rosebud probably gets homaged in other things. Like, I'm pretty sure there sure. was a, a Simpsons mm-hmm. reference to mm-hmm. it or things like that, so it's like, it didn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Murder on the Orchid Express is like, man, that was a great movie. <laughs> and it's like I, it, I honestly I think I don't even remember this this episode when I watched it for the first time and that was much later than this you know like much much later so uh, but it's just still funny to think that boy that would have been that was a spoiler for me back then it's like man not not good not good cheers what are you doing yeah. what are you doing um so Rebecca's still concerned about Lori and her secretive whatever relationship with the boss. Sam is like, well, maybe maybe they're not sleeping together. Like, I'll find out. So Sam goes to hit on Lori and she turns him down. So then he's like, yeah, she's definitely sleeping with him. <laughs> Rebecca's like, how do you know? He's like, well, she turned me down. I'm like, why else would she do that? That um, just proves she has a weak stomach. Yeah, of course. <laughs> But meanwhile, he's got Annie flirting with him. Annie's all. Let's not sell sell this. Annie is all over Sam ever since Anthony walked out. Mm -hmm. Because to make her feel better, Sam said, Don't worry, a beautiful girl like you, he'll be right back. And she's like, You really think I'm beautiful? And that's. (laughs) So that's where this is really kicking into gear. Mm -hmm. And it is like, Oh, no. So this is interesting. This is interesting because for – let's go to the Lori plot for a second. Before this moment, do you think Sam had tried to hit on Lori before? He would have. I assume he would have as soon as she walked in. But mm-hmm. interesting that this uh, this suggests that he didn't really try to, to hook up with her before this. But Because mm-hmm. yeah. this is what Sam's game is. I mean, you know – there's no doubt that she's his type. I mean, mm-hmm. she's attractive and she's walking upright, so she's his <laughs> type. Um, but and I, I, it would take away from the plot if we'd had a whole lot more of him, you know, hitting on her. But we don't even get the suggestion that he's hit on her, and um, which is very interesting because, like, Sam hitting on his attractive waitresses, we've long been established that that's what would happen. <laughs> Um, yeah, we can, maybe we can chalk that up to just him being distracted by the, by the Annie situation. There, ah, that is yeah. true. Maybe he is trying to rein it in right, w- right. around Annie. Right. Yeah, that, I like that. I like that. That's okay. Um, and maybe Rebecca, maybe she's been hovering over Lori in the other scenes that we don't know, just trying to like gain mm-hmm. intel from her. But um, sure, we do, we and do so see Sam, that Rebecca. Is so still, Sam could also be like, I don't want to get in the middle of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm staying out of the middle of this until he gives <laughs> until she's. It's giving him more or less permission, right? <laughs> um, and she's still going. She's still going insane, trying to get some intel from Lori, just like like making a fool of herself. But in the meantime, what has been preoccupying Woody's imagination this whole time? He says Darth Vader cannot be Luke Skywalker's father because they don't have the same last name. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good line. It's, like, oh, it's not going to win an Emmy, but it's a great line. <laughs> And and Norm speaking into the empty beer beer mug, just like you're right, Woody. I better call out the Imperial Guard. And he starts doing the breathing through the mug, the, and you just see Woody just looking unnerved and agitated, going, "Stop, mm-hmm. Mister Peterson, you're scaring me." <laughs> just total honesty. Just like I don't I don't like it when you do that. That's that makes me scared. Oh my goodness! And who would have thought that? 30 plus years later, Woody Harrelson would be in a Star Wars movie. There you go. There you go. That's crazy. 
Um, Annie literally throws herself at Sam to to kiss him just as Anthony Mm. walks in. Um, now wearing a uniform of sorts, and he, again, he's still too afraid to fight Sam, but he tells her that he is the new assistant night manager at Burger, Burger, Burger. <laughs> and to show off his, his new level of power and authority, he's like, when I tell them to chop lettuce, they say, how high? It's like, what? What? Oh. So... Um, Annie quickly falls back in love with her husband, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cliff says power is the ultimate aphrodisiac, or Norm says it or something. And Annie's mm-hmm. like, yeah, the yeah, uniform Norm, doesn't yeah. hurt either. So, <laughs> Can you wear it? Le- can- she asks him, can he wear it later? And Anthony says, well, maybe the hat. Maybe the hat. Ooh, yeah. And the young lovers take off together. So. Um, leaving us with the remaining plot of Lori asking for an early lunch break to meet Evan, and just Rebecca just losing all semblance of control, and the Norman Clifford even predicting a cat fight at this point. Like, oh, we've got the great seats. And the moment when Rebecca's like, I have to ask, do you love Evan Drake? And she's like, well, yes. She's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And does he love you? And the way she repeats it the second time, does mm-hmm. he love you? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, Rebecca's so crazy in this thing. Oh, and you just, she has gone off the rails. You just she want to protect totally... her from herself. But oh, yes. Laura's like, yeah, he loves me. And Rebecca's like, then there's only one thing to do. And just whack, cracks her right in the face, knocks her back into a chair. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a little it's a big slap mm-hmm. right it's a big slap mm-hmm. to the side of the cheek mm-hmm. so it's not like the punch or something but just a slap and it's like uh it's more like a, a surprise sort of fall from Lori. um also just because you know they're acting so it's like they're not stunt people they're not gonna try to do it man <laughs> but um, yeah it's just it's like oh it's it was just so sudden and shocking it's like and it's like oh wow and wow, she, is- she went there and she's so instantly horrified at herself, and like she's sort of flailing yeah. her arms. Like, yeah, she's flapping. Re- Rebecca flapping. will do this a lot when she's like overcome. Like later in later seasons, her mm-hmm. arms just do this wavy like bird flight thing. That she says, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, oh oh." <laughs> and uh, and and it's at this point that Evan Drake walks in, played again by Tom Skerritt, and uh, I, we we missed him in the previous episode, but I I, I loved him and. Um, again, this is his, his second appearance, and he, we we don't we don't see enough of it in this one. But I, I can't get enough like how Tom Skerritt, who you do not think of necessarily as a comedic actor, mm-hmm. he's just so funny in his scenes in this in this show. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um, because, because he plays them because he really plays them so straight. Yeah, he, just, is, he plays he it, it straight, but he's in a world where Rebecca makes everything crazy. Like, right. Like, mm-hmm. like, just she cannot help herself. She creates these insane situations, and he has to respond to them. Like when he walks in to see his daughter, and she's like almost bleeding. He's like, "What happened?" He's like, "Oh, the boss just punched me." And he's like, "What?" He's like, "You, it's like you hit my girl." And she's like, well, "Yeah." She's, and there's this, but there's this great moment with where where he says, "What the hell's going on?" And you know, Rebecca says, "Mr. Drake." And Lori says, Daddy. And everybody's, the pennies dropped. Daddy? 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 Daddy. Yeah, Yeah, Norman like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. And it's like, ah. And everybody everybody in the audience is all, and as as well as the cast, have all caught up at the same moment. (laughs) They're like, oh. So Rebecca has to come up with an excuse, and she co- talks about like this this condition she has, this muscle spasms, and Sam is like, "Yeah, she was dropped on her head as a kid." <laughs> it's like I can't control it, and her hand lashes out, and just like the timing, the mm-hmm. speed, like the the camera work, and like the yeah. whatever like very minimal but potent sound effect. It yes. looks like she breaks Sam's nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh yeah, she goes yeah. fast like a like a cobra strike, just whack right in his face, and he's back mm-hmm. there like oh man. Oh yeah, the the blocking is what's really great. Is that you know because Sam is at just the right spot <laughs> for this to happen. 
and and just na- and just to look like he nails him right in the right in the kisser, mm-hmm. right in the kisser. I just uh, think this is what and, happens when I don't take my oh. meds, and then like <laughs> Evan's like, "All right, well, I'm going to take Lori to lunch. We're going to get out of here." And Rebecca's like, "Can I do anything?" He's like, "Not till you get back on your medication." <laughs> Well, because she goes to shake his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, she's going to shake his hand, and he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's looking at that hand very guardedly. <laughs> so oh. when, once they leave, Rebecca's like, okay, I think we pulled that off. I think he's convinced. And Sam, meanwhile, is leaning back, trying to hold his nose. He's like, he's like is it getting dark in here? So Rebecca's like, let me let me see it, let me check the damage, and then she just kind of like pretends like she sees something horrible and unsettling on his mm-hmm. face, and like runs off to throw up, and he's like, well, what is? And he's of course playing on his own insecurities, and he freaks out, so he grabs the mirror to mm-hmm. make sure that everything is fine, but it can't just be fine. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, actually, I look pretty damn good, and he straightens his, yeah, his hair. Yeah. He's like, what? What's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I, Rebecca just doing that. You know, she sells it really well. It's just like, oh yeah, she's mm-hmm. gonna take a little knock at him. You know, also like calling him a big baby and everything for this. Mm-hmm. It's like, because <laughs> he is kind of playing it up. But yeah. then it's also like, is is Sam really hurt or is Sam just you know watching out for the most important thing, his looks? Mm-hmm. Is it really because of his looks? <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of playing it up a little bit more than normal. Yeah. Um, and that would be a uh, that would be kind of like a, a soft finale, like a, a kind of a a funny mm-hmm. but kind of weak place to end the episode. So it's nice that Carla actually comes back, and we see her in the bar, and she's got mm-hmm. she's got the twins carried in like one in front of her and one on their back, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Hi guys." And they're like, hey, Carla, good to see you. She's like, "What's up? So what's up? What's going on?" She's like, eh, "Nothing much new. Everything's just the usual." <laughs> Now, first off, I, I having been a, a parent of twins mm. that were infants myself, I fully endorse the front and back baby harness. Yep. We did not have them ourselves. We didn't do it that – we didn't use it ourselves. But we did have like those car seats, yep. right, with yep. the handles and you carry those. I will tell you right now, yes, carrying both car seats was heavy. <laughs> However – the balance of having one in each hand innumerably better for your spine <laughs> than carrying one and being I, lopsided. I see that. I can, I can buy see, that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like if – so it's like whenever we had that going on, it's like I was uh, – my wife was often like, oh, you sure you don't want me to carry one? It's like, honey, this is fine. You carry that heavy diaper bag because we have to have two babies worth of stuff in the diaper bag. Sure. <laughs> so I'll carry the I'll carry the two seats and I am balanced. I'll take this. <laughs> so I fully endorse that, and I think it's adorable though to have Carla doing that because like she's not a big woman, mm-hmm. and she's she got these two babies on there. It's like just walking right on in. It's like yeah, yeah, that works. Um, baby seven and eight for those of you counting. Oh my goodness. Yeah, baby. Now I had a question for you about about that ending there. It sounded to me like they ADR'd Carla's last line. It didn't look like it was the. It didn't look or sound like it was the line that 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 Rhea Perlman actually said in the scene. I it it didn't match where her. It didn't look like she was talking when hmm. she turned and they like cut the and they had the and the audio comes in. Hmm. Was that just? But was that just me? Or in that? I didn't. Did you I, something I, I didn't weird look that closely. Too? Again, that's something. Uh, I'll I'll go back and take another look at it, but I, I didn't see. I wasn't looking that closely when I watched it. Huh. Okay, yeah, you go watch it. And, it wouldn't and, surprise and edit, me. I mean, edit they, that in. They've done edit it in. Yeah, say, yeah, Tim was right. You know, make sure you edit that in later. Okay, <laughs> yeah, good. Of course. Yeah, good, good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, all told, a, a funny episode. A funny episode. Um, not not the best of the season or the best of the whole series, but just a something that's well well worth a watch just because it's so enjoyable. Um, great mm-hmm. guest actors. Yeah, don't skip this. Don't skip this one. If you're no, doing a watch through, don't skip this one. Oh no, there's nothing here plot wise, uh, except for, I would say the main thing is that if you care about Rebecca's arc uh, and how she's and this whole thing with Evan Drake, it's you have to see this for that part. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. You know, but it's also it's like just don't skip it. It's a funny episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
and any any more of Carla's kids, not just the two newborns, but in terms of seeing Anthony again and, and Annie, mm-hmm. just, yeah, um, yeah, they they keep on impre- impressing me with the, the characterization of these two kids. So, mm-hmm. um, for Norm's tab. Because we had two different occasions where we basically started a scene with him getting a refill, and also several time jumps, he had seven beers this episode, um, which takes him. Up oh to, my! Yeah, it takes I, him up to five hundred and forty for the season or for the series so far. Yeah. I I knew he had a, a good beer count this episode, but yeah, yeah because there, yeah there was it takes place over uh, a few days, mm-hmm. so that that makes a big difference on that front. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-mm-mm. For the employee of the week, uh, I said I, I wanted a part of me wanted to give it to Annie. I just thought some of her her dialogue and her delivery was really funny, and I just I she she surprised mm-hmm. me a lot in this episode. She would be my runner up, but I had to give it to Rebecca. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I'll I'll spoil it for myself that yes, I I give it to Rebecca too, but just because. Th- just the descent into madness that culminates with her slapping Laurie and then claiming a, a n- nerve disorder mm. is just fantastic. Um, there's a bit where Annie is um, – something's going on and Rebecca has got her like her checkbook out and she's working on it and she's got the pen and she's just kind of getting this <laughs> – firmer and firmer pen strokes that are tearing, like tearing at the paper. up the, the book yes it's, yeah. it's like you know if a car ran annie uh, uh Lori, yeah. Lori over it would probably look like an accident <laughs> you want to make 500 bucks sam <laughs> like oh my gosh she is totally losing it so oh oh i it, so she has to get it but i do want to give honorable mentions to you know one sam because this is an interesting sort of showcase of where Sam is in the series going forward. We're not quite there yet, but it's like he's the one who comes along and try and kind of like tries to keep order mm-hmm. in the bar and try to keep things under control. He's managing things without being the manager. Right. And right. He he does is which is so funny because like he could just let things happen when he was the boss. But now he actually has to work at it. Mm-hmm. And we see that more and more that he kind of like holds the the piece and keeps keeps these people sane a little bit yeah very much so, so. I, yeah so i like i like seeing that and, and like even like but then like stepping over rebecca to to give annie a job in the first place it's like <laughs> yeah that's that's also one part and parcel of sam and well you know and the guest actress who plays laurie that that bobby um eeks, yeah. bobby eeks it's like she's got a quite a career and she's like a prolific singer mm-hmm. um and you know she's been on and long career on like the bold and the beautiful yeah like 20 years on the was it 20 no 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 no, like 15 years on bold and beautiful it's like and other and days of our lives another thing where she was on for a bit uh and all my children she did a lot of stuff with the soap operas and it's like yeah she's got the face for it absolutely yeah she Um, does yeah you see that one yeah but a, a big career lots of stuff and you know the fact and you know just done and done some singing and including at some big events um so yeah and it was just funny as if you technically go by employee of the week in in the story in the narrative she's come into this brand new job (laughs) not knowing anybody and has a hostile boss but she does nothing but do her best and tries to kid along um and politely you know lets a coworker know that's not really I'm not really interested in that. <laughs> and and she's not asking for special treatment even though she's the boss's daughter. And so technically it's like an employee. Lori gets the employee of the week cuz she's an, she's an employee. But you know, we're talking about, you know, as the as the as the characters in the sh- as the performances. Yeah, Rebecca all the way. And, and Re- I got to give one last shout out to Andy. There that one line where, you know, Sam's like I'm turning her down and Andy's like you can you can Turn me away, Sam, but you can't ignore the feelings. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so funny. And Rebecca also gets my employee of the week because she gets the home run. Like the moment when she sla- when she punches Sam. When she hits mm. Sam, just like <laughs> everything about that, it was just like, oh my gosh, that that was so effectively staged. Like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. Um 
yeah so uh i mean so many good lines like the the, the queen of gaul that's a great <laughs> yeah. line that's such a great line um and of course the whole thing and, and fraser's rant yes yeah about everything yeah. uh darth vader's looks his father the fact but, that we're uh, still thinking about stuff. it <laughs> yes hours later yes enough that they have to re- re- go back to it yeah. but and you know but rebecca it's like first off in terms of just like delivery i i have a soft spot for that part where she's about annie and she, where she just talked to annie and it's going like i found out that oh no she knows that he wears boxers and not jockeys yes. and she's like i'm gonna pop her i'm gonna pop her right in the kisser i'm gonna pop 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 pop, pop, pop. <laughs> like, oh like my that, gosh that's good now do bacon frying yeah exactly <laughs> but but I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna have to go um a low brow and say like the uh the home run is really oh you must be the slut <laughs> slot you're here to feel a slot oh, i'm sorry that's that's just that's just fantastic fantastic wordplay and and winning delivery so home run for all the way all right tim where else can people find you if they want to hear more from you in the podcastosphere well thank you for asking and thank you for having me because i love this show um both cheers and cheers cast i love them both it's, mm-hmm. it's great um but you can find me on the won the right on network where i'm on outcasters a batman the outsiders podcast uh, with my co-host AJ, but then I'm also on the Batgirl Cassandra Kane podcast where we swap. AJ's the host, I'm the co-host, um, and we do talk about comic books and stuff over there. So, yeah, you check those out. You can also find me on Twitter at TimPrice17, and you can find anything about uh, those the, both those podcasts at thehuntresspodcast.com. All right. Very, very cool. Thank you again for being on the show as always. And thanks to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support us by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. This show is patronized by the Right On Network and Jeff and Rick presents Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts to support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. You can tell me to go to hell. There's something I have to know. Do you love Evan Drake? Well, yes. I see. And does he love you? Does he love you? Well, of course he does. Well, then there's only one thing left to say. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, damn, it's a knockout. Didn't even get to any hair pulling. <laughs>